0: News of the Times Frightful Fridays A grisly murder in Nottingham Welcome to News of the Times. In today's episode we explore the dark side of Robin Hood's Nottingham in 1907 with a case that was considered the most shocking murder that had been seen in Nottingham in many a day. A lodger sharing a tenement with a poor family seems to be on friendly terms with the couple's four-year-old child. On a standard January day everything seems as normal until the mother returns from work and upon opening the door to the house finds her child brutally butchered, nearly decapitated and with several terrible wounds on his small body lying in a pool of blood. The grisly horrific nature of the crime made the national papers. The tricky question was whether the murderer was insane at the time that he committed the crime. We explore this famous case in Nottingham's history and the horrific butchering of a child in today's episode of Wicked Wednesdays. We hope you enjoy the show. The brutal killing of four-year-old Albert Matthews by 29-year-old John Hutchinson continues to evoke shock even in contemporary times. Hutchinson, a former soldier and unemployed labourer, had been residing with Albert's family in Red Lion Street, just off Malt Mill Lane in Nottingham. On the tragic day, while babysitting the young boy, Hutchinson claimed that Albert struck him with a poker, However, his response was so violently extreme that it resulted in Albert's decapitation. The horrifying murder sent shockwaves throughout the notorious Narrow Marsh, leaving even hardened criminals astounded. From the Nottingham Evening Post, the 1st of February 1905, terrible murder in Nottingham, lad shockingly mutilated, The Murderer Surrenders, a gruesome spectacle. A grim tragedy exceeding in some of its revolting details anything of the kind that has ever been perpetrated locally occurred in Nottingham last evening. A lad, not quite five years old, was brutally done to death and his body shockingly mutilated and the author of the crime subsequently surrendered himself voluntarily to the police. Even when inquiries of as complete a character as were possible during the night had been prosecuted with the utmost rigour and dispatch, nothing could be ascertained which threw the slightest light upon the motive for the terrible crime, or the state of mind which could have suggested the almost fiendish mutilation to which the victim's body was subjected. The scene of the tragedy was a small, single tenement of three stories, situated in Chapman's Yard, Malt Mill Lane, Narrow Marsh, under the shadows of the Great Northern Railway Company's viaduct, and in the midst of one of the most sordid neighbourhoods in the city. At number 1 Chapman's Yard there resided... George Matthews, a labourer, out of employment. Rose Matthews, his wife. Their only child, Albert, who was four years and eleven months old. And John Hutchinson, a lodger. Hutchinson, who is a man of about average height, with a fair complexion and a hanging protruding under lip, is about thirty years of age, and has lodged with the Matthews family for some time, though his stay there was recently broken for five or six weeks ago, as he had determined to join the army. He accordingly enlisted in the Notts and Derbyshire Foresters regiment, and so far, as present information goes, proceeded to the Normanton barracks at Derby. Eventually, however. He was discharged as unlikely to make an efficient soldier and returned to his former lodgings with Mr and Mrs Matthews only on Tuesday last. In the meantime, he had ostensibly been looking for employment and there was nothing in his conduct or speech to suggest the terrible eventualities which were made known to the police last evening. Yesterday morning it seemed that Mrs Matthews, who is employed at a laundry in Leanside, left home shortly after breakfast to proceed to her work, her husband, the lodger and the child remaining in the house. Soon after nine o'clock, Matthews himself took his departure, bent upon the search for employment. Mrs Matthews returned home to dinner at the usual hour, and to tea at five o'clock. At those times her husband still out, but Hutchinson and the boy were at home. There was nothing even then to cause the slightest suspicion or alarm, for Hutchinson was behaving in a perfectly natural way, although he appeared to have had some drink. Sometimes after five o'clock it appears that he went to a public house, the Miller's Arms, and there saw Matthews. He even told Matthews that he was going home to put the child to bed, and left him, apparently, with that intention. At ten minutes to six he went to the house of a Mr and Mrs Heaps, who live in the only other tenement in Chapman's Yard, and asked for the key as he wanted to open the door, while just after six o'clock, Mr. Heaps himself saw Hutchinson at the downstairs window of Matthew's house, which consists of a kitchen on the ground floor and a bedroom on each of the two upper stories. The next incident in the tragedy so far as it can be traced at present, for no one has yet been able to discover who had any inkling of what was transpiring in the house or heard any disturbance, concerned the appearance of Hutchinson himself at the miller's arms, close upon seven o'clock. Matthews was still on the premises, and Hutchinson told him that he had put the child to bed, and left him with the statement that he was going to see his sister, who was lying ill, in the hospital. Nothing more was seen of him till he gave himself up to a policeman on point duty near Carrington Street Bridge Meanwhile, just before past half-past eight, Mrs. Matthews, having finished her daily labours, returned home to her house. It had been customary, when one of the house left it, in the absence of the other, to lock the door and leave the key just inside the window, which was shut, but not fastened. Suspecting nothing and surmising that all was safe, as she had left it, Mrs. Matthews found the key and opened the door, but when she entered she was horrified by the sight of her child, lying quite dead and mutilated almost beyond recognition, on the kitchen floor and in a pool of blood close to the sofa. She rushed, screaming to her neighbours Joseph Heap and his wife, and they proceeded to the house. A glance at the state of the poor lad's body and the condition of the room sufficed to show them that some brutal crime had been committed, and without any loss of time they communicated with the police at Leanside Police Station. Superintendent Wise, who is in command of the B Division, at once made his way to the house. And he was speedily followed by Chief Superintendent Clark and Detective Superintendent Parnham. By this time, some idea of the tragedy had got abroad, and there was a big crowd assembled in Malt Mill Lane. But the police took charge of the house and its contents, and the morbidly minded were kept at a respectful distance. While the officers were prosecuting their inquiries, the house and in the vicinity hutchinson went up to pc tuxford who was on duty at the carrington street crossing and said he wanted him to go with him to chapman's yard in response to the officer's query as to the purpose of the visit hutchinson made a further statement and as a result tuxford accompanied him to malt mill lane here They encountered the superintendents, and upon their instructions the man was taken to the Leanside police station. Later in the evening he was charged with the willful murder of Albert Matthews, and in reply made a statement. At the time Hutchinson, although he had evidently been drinking, was apparently sober, and his conduct showed... That he scarcely realized the enormity of the charge which had been made against him. Shortly before eleven o'clock, he was removed to a cab to the Guildhall. That the murder was of a most brutal character was evident from the state of the child's body. The head was completely severed from the body, and the limbs had been slashed, and on reliable authority, It was stated that the injuries were of a terribly shocking nature. There were some there indeed who declared that the injuries were without parallel in the history of the city. The wounds were obviously inflicted by some sharp instrument, and it is surmised that an ordinary table knife was used. Dr. Herbert Owen Taylor, surgeon of the city police force, was summoned and he made an examination of the dead body, and he also saw the... Hutchinson is a single man and a native of Nottingham, his parents residing in Lammas Street. So far as can be gathered, he had never been heard to threaten the child, and indeed upon the whole he seemed rather attached to him, and often played with him. With absolute butchery of the small child and with no previous history of any kind of conflict between little albert and hutchinson the main question that supersedes all is the sanity of hutchinson from the nottingham evening post the first of february 1905 murderer probably insane four suicides in the family throughout the narrow marsh and meadows district hutchinson appears to have been extremely well known and notwithstanding his somewhat repulsive features is acknowledged by everyone to have been of a singularly genial disposition almost without exception indeed people speak well of him but with equal unanimity they agree as to the strangeness of his conduct If even he had only a little drink, his brain seems to have been weak, so that a very little alcohol took effect. The reason is not far to seek. Insanity lurks in the family. Ten or eleven years ago this month, his uncle, William Hutchinson, hanged himself at Carlton, and four years last November, an aunt of his, also of Carlton, drowned herself. The family's whole history is a tragic one. For it's only 28 years since that a brother of his mother's committed suicide at the age of 62 or 63 by cutting his throat, and another relative ended his life by hanging. There is little doubt, therefore, that the present Nottingham murderer has inherited the dread complaint. Between three and four years ago, he attempted to strangle his mother, and was only prevented carrying out his intention by the timely arrival of the neighbours. The Inquest. Within the inquest, evidence from the prisoner and from the surgeon at the scene is brought forward, highlighting the severity of the beating Albert's body took, and the cool, matter-of-fact confession given by Hutchinson himself. From Nottingham Evening Post, the twenty second of february, nineteen oh five, Prisoner's Confession. PC Audrey said that while Hutchinson was in his charge on the night of january the thirty first, he volunteered the statement after being cautioned. I may well tell you all I was going to take the boy to bed, and the poker was in the fire, he pulled it out and he threw it at me. I then hit him under the chin with my flat hand and said, You? I'll kill you! And afterwards cut off his head and finished him. The Medical Evidence Dr. Owen Taylor disposed to having visited Number 1 Chapman's Yard on the evening of January the 1st and examining the body of the deceased child which lay on the floor near the sofa. The lamp was burning and there were no signs of a struggle. The boy's clothing was cut and torn in many places and corresponded with the many lacerations and wounds which he also found. There were three pieces of bread which were placed on his laid-open chest. His clothes were saturated with blood. The head was completely severed from the body but there was no bruise except one small one on the left cheek. Dr Taylor then proceeded to describe in detail the horrible mutilation of the body, and the whole of the injuries could have been inflicted with the knife produced. There were bloodstains on the chair and table. When witness saw the prisoner at Leanside Police Station, Hutchinson answered quite sensibly and rationally, His hands were free from injury and bloodstains, but he found stains of blood on his clothing afterwards. There is no question of guilt in this case. The murderer is quite clear. The trial focuses on Hutchinson's culpability with many questions surrounding the reason why Hutchinson committed the savage attack. From the Nottingham Evening Post, the 9th of March 1905, The Nottingham Tragedy, Trial at the Assizes, A Plea of Not Guilty, Question of Prisoner's Sanity. The Crown Court at the Nottingham Assizes was crowded this morning when the city calendar was opened with the trial of John Hutchinson, 29, for the willful murder of the child Albert Matthews, aged four years and eleven months, in Malt Mill Lane, on the 31st of January, under circumstances of the most revolting character. Immediately Mr Justice Fillimore had taken his seat, the prisoner was brought up, and stepped forward firmly to the front of the dock to hear the charges from the clerk of arraigs, Unkempt, without collar or tie, with waistcoat thrown open, these things only went to intensify his naturally somewhat repulsive appearance, and his demeanour in the dock was wholly in keeping with the indifference and callousness that he had displayed all through. In answer to the first charge, his plea not guilty was barely audible, but when the second charge of wilful murder was preferred on the coroner's warrant, his answer to the same effect was very clear. When one saw a crime committed without any apparent motive at all, under circumstances of savagery, with absolute callous indifference on the part of the man who had committed it, one naturally felt inclined to say that that was not the act of a sane man, that the man must have been mad. The mere absence of the motive, the mere cruelty and savagery of the crime, the indifference to the results shown by the man who committed it would in themselves be very far from sufficient to justify the jury in saying that he was irresponsible for his actions. In order that a man might be held to be irresponsible they must be satisfied that his state of his mind was such that either he did not know what he was doing at all or that he did not know the nature of the act it seemed to be very difficult indeed to establish either of those points in this case when they found that the man himself went to the police and told them what he had done and where they could find the knife, all showing that he knew perfectly well what he had done and that what he had done was a crime. He did not express any remorse or regret. The Defence The Defence Line was to argue that insanity ran in the family, and that the head injury that Hutchinson had sustained when he was six had given him a weakness of mind that manifested itself whenever he had anything to drink. Their proof that Hutchinson had not known what he was doing was in Hutchinson's own statement to the father that he had put little Albert to bed. The jury is not convinced of Hutchinson's insanity at the time of the vicious murder, and Hutchinson is found guilty. From the Nottingham Evening Post, the 10th of March, 1905 The plea of insanity put forward by the defence in the Nottingham murder trial failed to convince the jury, and Hutchinson was yesterday sentenced to death. There are those who hold that all murderers must be more or less mad at the time they commit their crime, and the circumstances in this case were so revolting and the dreadful butchery undertaken so entirely without apparent motive that there was every reason for rigorously inquiring into the state of the prisoner's mind. The evidence showed this examination and observation had been thorough. But if the Home Secretary considers that doubt still exists, he will of course order an inquiry by specialists in lunacy before the dread death sentence is carried out. On the 16th of March Hutchinson wrote an open letter that was published in the Nottingham Evening Post, where he thanks his legal team for their attempts to defend him, but that he would rather die on the gallows than spend the rest of his days in a lunatic asylum. Despite this request, Hutchinson's legal team proceed with the petition to the Home Secretary for a stay of execution on the grounds of insanity. There are sixteen doctors who have signed the petition in support of a reprieve. Despite rigorous efforts of Hutchinson's defence team, the Home Secretary confirms that the execution is to go ahead, with the realisation that all possible escape from execution has been closed. Hutchinson writes a letter to the judge of the case and the parents expressing his remorse at the killing which he knows he has done. On the 29th of March in 1905, John Hutchinson was hung at Bagthorpe Jail. His executioner was Billington. It was stated that he had walked to the scaffold unassisted and, and had remained calm throughout. Unlike in previous executions, there was no black flag raised to mark his private death and the bell did not toll. The only notification giving regard. The execution was a certificate from the surgeon placed on the outside of the closed door, confirming the death of Hutchinson That concludes this episode of Wicked Wednesdays, A grisly murder in Nottingham. We hope you enjoyed the show if you did enjoy the show, we will be grateful if you could like or subscribe. To our little channel. We upload five days a week. Mondays are murderous as we delve into the dark side of Regency and Victorian crime. Wednesdays are wicked where we pull together stories with a similar theme, such as doctors of death. Fridays are frightful where we look at crimes in a location, such as stories from the stage to murder and scandal in the aristocracy. Saturdays is Serial Killer Saturdays, where we investigate serial killer stories from the past. And Sundays is a bit of fun, with a unique mini-murder mystery where you, the listener, have a chance to solve a murderous riddle. On the last Sunday of the month, we offer a two-hour compilation of stories based around a theme. Thank you again for watching and listening. This has been News of the Times, and I am Robin Coles.